Hello everyone. Before we start today's podcast, some exciting news for you. You can experience the Inside Politics podcast live in Dublin on May 16th when Hugh Linehan, Jennifer Bray and I will be joined by Cliff Young of Ipsos, one of America's top pollsters, to talk about the US election, our own local and European elections and much more. It's a breakfast event kicking off at 8am in Trinity College. If you'd like to attend, you can get tickets at irishtimes.com forward slash events. That's irishtimes.com forward slash events. I hope we see lots of you there. You're listening to the Irish Times Inside Politics podcast. It's Wednesday, August the 31st, and you're very welcome to the weekly politics podcast from the Irish Times. I'm Hugh Linehan. It is one of those unusual days when Ireland features prominently on the front pages and home pages of the world's media as reaction continues to unfold to yesterday's European Commission ruling that Apple should pay 13 billion euro or thereabouts in back taxes to this state. This morning, Finance Minister Michael Noonan will tell the Cabinet he believes the state should appeal that ruling, and that's a proposal which may cause some difficulties for some of his independent colleagues. But what What are the overall political implications for the way this country runs its economy and conducts its tax affairs? And does Mr Noonan's proposal represent a willful refusal to take advantage of a golden opportunity to address some of our worst social problems? To discuss this, I'm joined in studio by our literary editor and columnist Fintan O'Toole, by political correspondent Harry McGee and by Fianna Fáil's spokesman on science, technology, research and development, James Lawless. You're all very welcome, James. Is it fair to say your party's position is identical with Fine Gael's on this? Look, I think we have to realise that, uh, you know, what we're talking about here, a lot of it is really, it's very much up in the air. I mean, this figure of 13 billion, um, it's a fictional figure to an extent, you know, possibly with interest a couple of billion more. But the idea that this is going to be dropped down, you know, a stork is going to swoop in front of government buildings with a, a, a gift-wrapped uh, pack of money for the government to go off and spend tomorrow morning is just so far away from the reality. But does, um, the, does, the, does the hugeness of the number affect the nature of the discussion we're having about this? Uh, I guess it does. I guess it does, not just in Ireland, but, um, as you said, in boardrooms and indeed cabinet tables around the world. Um, it's a very, very significant figure. Um, I think, actually, that also uh, puts an extra strain on it in the sense that I mean, the thing about the appeal, you know, whether Ireland was to appeal or not, and I think Ireland will, uh, I expect it will, but the captain will make that decision today, um, it's going to be appealed anyway. Apple are going to appeal it. Um, the nature of the decision opens the door to every other member state and the United States uh, to get involved there and seek, seek some of that, if that figure was actually to be, as I say, uh, agreed or to be somehow put out there. Um, Ireland is not by no means to be the sole beneficiary, uh, or not even the largest beneficiary. So the idea that it's up to little Ireland to decide, well, are we going to go ahead and appeal or not appeal? Or do we take Why would Ireland present? be, the, be lar- the largest beneficiary or not be the largest beneficiary? Uh, well, be- uh, other countries, I think, would seek the lion's share. I mean, the I suppose the logic upon which the decision has been reached is that effectively pair back, uh, what they're saying is that 60% of Apple's global revenues should be taxed through Ireland. Pretty much everything barred the 40% of the global revenues that went through the Americas. Now, that is that is a bit of a stretch. I don't think anybody in their wildest dreams would, would conceive we're a very, very successful nation, very successful with technology. Are we really generating 60% of Apple's global revenues in Ireland? I, I, I think that's a stretch. But in terms of the practicalities of this, presumably an appeal on the, on the fundamental ruling has to precede some form of contesting the actual sum. Uh, so the first thing will be an appeal. If, as you say, it seems certain that, 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 that Apple will contest it, what are the pros and cons of the Irish state attaching themselves to that appeal or choosing not to attach okay, themselves well, to that appeal? Okay, well, I think first of all, obviously Ireland is evolved whether we, because um, effectively if we were not to appeal this or if we were to step back from this and accept the premise, 
what we're effectively saying is that Ireland has been illegally engaged in state aid for, for up to 30 years. Um, I don't think any responsible government uh, would sanction that. We don't, we, for, first of all, we reject that premise. Um, if all rejected, I think the government rejected it. Uh, I think the majority of political parties uh, would or should reject that. Um, so we're not going to accept that as a premise. Uh, the next thing is that um, how we actually conduct our business. Um, I mean, the whole area of competency is huge here. There, are, there is no EU competency in tax affairs. I mean, this is a power grab by the EU to move into uh, areas outside their competence, areas of taxation. We had moves afoot in the past. The Common, the common Consolidated Tax Base, the CCTB, uh, was being t- t- talked about around the time of Lisbon. Um, that's back on the table now. And particularly in the post-Brexit landscape, you know, we're particularly vulnerable here right now. Uh, and we are engaged. Uh, you know, the reality of it is we are engaged in, in, in a bidding war for multinationals, for FDI. So this is a threat by the, the, European, by, by the European Commission to Ireland's economic sovereignty. And in actual fact, we have seen uh, the UK, actually some articles this morning, some commentators coming out almost rejoicing to it, a certain extent. There's a bit of shadow for it there because uh, we are bidding on a global landscape. We are winning bids. We, we are competing very successfully with the UK and with other nations. Uh, and they don't always like that. Um, and Brexit UK is suffering. Uh, and they're seeing this maybe as an opportunity to steal something back from Ireland. Um, so look, we're, we're in a global, uh, very competitive landscape. We have set our stall uh, around our corporate tax regime, uh, around our attractiveness to multinationals. Uh, at no stage have we ever engaged in, in state aid that was in any way uh, illegal or untoward. Uh, and we would fundamentally reject that. But we'd also reject that we've we colluded in something which is essentially immoral. That one of the richest, largest yeah, companies well, in the very, world yeah, yeah. paid a ludicrously small amount of uh, amount of tax, um, and basically avoided paying tax, which which the rest of us with far far fewer sure. far fewer resources ended up paying for hospitals. Uh, absolutely, and, and I, I look at the, there's a, there's a huge argument there, and I totally would agree with that and accept that this idea of stateless corporations, you know, of huge companies, and the sixty percent of revenues should be taxed somewhere, um, where there's the right place to tax and them. Didn't scheme like schemes like the double Irish facilitate if, that? If we look at how Ireland has been uh, engaging with, say, the likes of the OECD, Ireland is one of the foremost players with the OECD um, international tax uh, reform regime. The Knowledge Box, which was introduced, I think, in 2015, is the first tax mechanism of its kind to actually achieve OECD approval. The UK attempted to introduce something similar a year or two previously, um, and it was rejected. The OECD didn't, didn't sign off on it. So we are, Ireland is engaging. Ireland is, is to the forefront. It has multinationals on its shores, a long way that continue. Uh, but we are very much in the middle of a global um, a global storm. We have been engaging with the OECD very much so. As I said, the Knowledge Box was a recent innovation. Um, you know, we are compliant with OECD policies. We're very much at the fore. The other thing I'd say about the OECD and the whole, and look, we all know the international tax system isn't badly in need of reform. But one of the fundamental principles is that you tax at the point of generation, be it where the manufacturer takes place, be it where the R&D takes place, uh, be it where the workforce are, are largely situated. You do not tax, you know, a brass plate operation taxing on the way through is not the way you go about it. And that would be the OECD fundamental uh, principle that we have signed up to. So again, this flies in the face of that. And actually, if you read the detail of the decision, and we don't have the full decision out there yet, but even from the points released yesterday, there was even internal conflicts within that about taxing on international and then the Irish branch being mentioned in different uh, releases. And I've seen some commentary actually highlighting inconsistencies within the decision itself. Okay, there's a lot in that and some of them we will come back to in a minute. But Harry, I just want to get a sense from you because you've been talking to a lot of TDs over the last 24 hours or so about the, the political mood. Um, what is the situation with the independence, I suppose, first of all, the, independ- the government independence? Well, I mean, there's no doubt that the uh, European Commission have uh, inflicted uh, GBH on the Irish government. I'm looking at the impact on that trying to, to impute motive or lack of motive on their part, but there is blood on the floor. And the two grievous blows really are can be uh, illustrated by two figures. Uh, the first figure is 13 billion euro, which was a bigger sum uh, than anybody had anticipated. And the second was the effective tax rate that Apple was paying on its global profits uh, and in which the government has little or no defence. That was zero 
0.005%, which is pitiful. Now, we heard, Michael, the, we heard Michael Noonan out, out on several occasions over the last 24 hours basically saying, yes, that may be terrible, but it's nothing to do with us. You well, know, it, these, it these, these revenues uh, were, were raised in other, in other countries selling Apple products and they, they arose from the design and manufacture of Apple devices, which, and, which didn't and make place in Ireland. And the design either. and manufacture of the Irish tax code pre-2014. I mean, the government has been resorting to this uh, reform, which has indeed been going on in the OECD, but only since 2014 uh, when the double Irish was done away with. Uh, but we must remember that this case is, is a historical case uh, that looks at the period 2004 to 2014 before all these amazing OECD reforms came uh, into being. And um, the, 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 the fact of the matter was that even though uh, the Irish profit, the, the, the profits generated by the Irish arm of Apple uh, are minuscule in comparison to its global profits. The tax regime that was in place or the tax system that was in place in Ireland at the time facilitated schemes like the Double Irish where a company uh, that had its headquarters in Ireland but was non-resident uh, could uh, essentially uh, um, not pay any tax on any of its profits generated outside the jurisdiction. And that was part of a very complicated jigsaw uh, that was uh, dreamt up and that if, uh, if, if not illegal, uh, in the sense of not um, um, being, um, I mean, revenue issued two opinions, one in 1991 and one in 2007, that said they were allowed to do that. But I think the problem is a moral problem, and there's a big moral problem with that. People look at uh, the tax code, they look at themselves paying 50, over 50% at the marginal rate. Uh, they look at the government crowing about a, a corporation tax of 12.5% headline. And then they learn that a company uh, through a facilitative mechanism, uh, was allowed to pay an effective tax rate of 0.005. I suppose the question about morality, and we will come back to morality because I think it is an important part of this, but is that, is it the function of the EU Competition Authority to adjudicate on morality? This well, case has been on the basis it's, it's, of, it's of state, specifically on, of state aid. If, if a company is paying zero tax, it's at a natural, it puts it at a natural advantage with all its competitors. I mean, there's no rocket science. I mean, some, some, some of this is very complicated and beyond my scope of comprehension. But I know that if you're paying no tax and if your competitors are paying tax, it means that you have a competitive edge. So I don't see what the problem is with the European Commission having a look at it. But just, sorry, going back to the question you asked, because that was that were my, my, my general comments on, on all of this. The independents have been left in a, in a quandary because if you go back and look at what they railed against when they were in opposition, uh, they railed against um, multinationals getting away almost got free in terms of a very benign uh, tax regime. And now they're in a situation where they are in government and they have a, a Hobson's choice of either uh, supporting the government and taking terrible flack from the opposition or else not supporting the government, uh, which I think uh, will lead to a process that will see uh, the government uh, collapsing in fairly short order. Because it, could, it couldn't survive this. It, it, it's, it had one, it's had one conflict this, where it's been on, on, over that, the Eighth Amendment proposal, if, but if it you, couldn't, couldn't do it again absolutely, on, a, on a financially related Absolutely. Matter. And if you, if, you, if you look at how strongly Michael Noonan came out yesterday, he was everywhere and he was quite uh, resolute and quite robust in terms of expressing the Fine Gael view on it. And Fine Gael will not be prepared to take to brook any compromise in relation which to the its is, Which of the independence and government is under most pressure on this? Well, I'd say they're all, they all are, but I'd say Shane Ross in particular um, because of his past record in terms of his uh, 
Doyle, Doyle um, uh, rations against uh, uh, the, the tax take from multinationals and also the likes of John Halligan who had come from a, a left-wing tradition and who has been on record saying that we should keep the money. So I think they, those two would probably have most difficulties uh, in, in dealing with it. I think the other independents, uh, including uh, Dennis Nocton and Catherine Zappone, who don't belong to the Independent Alliance, are probably likely to support uh, the government in its appeal. Fintan, you agree with John Halligan and with Sinn Féin and I think People Before Profit and anti Serial Alliance were out yesterday as well saying we should keep the money. Yeah, look, this is a classic case of groupthink and railroading. You know, we, we were we were told rather too late after the banking collapse, you know, that there was a real problem in Ireland with groupthink, you know, that there is one position we must all take and then everybody falls in line with this. Now, we've had two weeks of softening up in this. This has been a classic media campaign where leaking the fact that, well, OK, we accept we're going to lose the case, uh, it won't be that much money and we're going to appeal. Who says we're going to appeal? There's been no government decision. The government is, 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 is meeting today. Uh, there's been no consultation with the Doyle. There's been no public process of deliberation in relation to this. And this itself is an outrageous way of governing. You know, this is, this is our problem. This is old politics at its absolute worst. We're supposed to be a mature democratic society in which we can actually deliberate about key questions. Everybody would agree that this is an absolutely key moment in modern Irish history, you know, because it's a moment that actually challenges the whole way in which we've thought about ourselves and our place in the world since 1958, my entire lifetime. You know, I was born in 1958, so my entire lifetime we've had one way of thinking about things. This challenges that. And I'm sorry, least, just, just, what is that way of thinking? Which is that our, our place in the world is, is primarily to be as close as we possibly can get to global multinational corporations. And that has been that uniquely, there's no other country in the world which has ever driven its process of modernization on the basis of foreign direct investment to the same extent that we have. And it's been extraordinarily successful in certain ways, problematic in other ways. We can we can talk about all those, those big, bigger questions. But this I, I think anybody would agree that this is a really important moment in our modern history. And what we're being told is all, all these decisions have been taken. We're going to appeal. Um, there is no other possibility. There, there, there can be no real debate about this. And this itself is absolutely pathetic and, and shows the degree to which we have allowed our sense that our uh, democratic uh, credentials and our democratic needs are completely coterminous with those of, of large multinational corporations with nothing between us at all. I mean, you, you know, what they're really saying is you could, you could put the Apple logo on the Irish flag. We, we are exactly the same in terms of how we see our interests here and how we see our place in the world. But it, 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 it's possible to make a cogent argument for the Irish Times... Or the Irish Times. <laughs> for, for, there you go. There's a Freudian, there's a, there, there's a Freudian slip, all right. For, for the people. For the, thank What's, you. For the, for the Irish state to join in an appeal alongside Apple because it makes an objective judgment that... Uh, that its own self-interest lies, lies, lies in carrying out such absolutely. a thing. It is absolutely possible to make a cogent argument. Let's hear it, right? Let's actually have... I mean, what, what is so... Why do we need to make a decision now? I mean, we, we got a, a very complex judgment. We haven't even seen the full details of, of, the, judge, of the ruling mm. itself. And, and yet we're being told that there's only one way in which we can respond to this. Um, what is wrong with saying we're going to have a, de- a deliberative process? We've got new, new democracy here, new politics. Let's mm. have a proper deliberative process whereby... A proper cost-benefit analysis. Okay, what would it mean if we were to take the money? What would the downsides be? You're presuming the money's available. Well, well, there are a, lot of, there well, are a certain well, amount of caveats. Or well, quite a lot of caveats. No, no, no I'm, I'm really saying if... Well, the money's going to go into an, into an account, by the way. So it's not, it's not abstract money. There's an actual 
bank account mm. is going to be set up with 13 billion in it plus interest, which might take it to nine, 19 oh, billion. They, they it's an they, astonishing they, amount they, of money. They have to take the they money. They have to. This is the they, law. And what we're saying is there's a 10-year uh, time horizon on this, right? This is going to play out over, over a decade. But it's very, very important to us. So what is wrong? And I'm shocked that Fianna Fáil as an opposition party, for example, doesn't have the guts to come out and say, we're in a new political situation here. We are a self-respecting democracy. It's, it's 2016, 100 years after we declared a republic, and we're not fit to conduct a rational, calm, properly structured debate around this, whereby we have independent analysis, which says, what are the costs? What are the benefits? Uh, and, and nobody, I'm not, I'm not saying that this is simple or that there's only one way in which we, we might end up responding to this. What I am saying is it's absolutely shocking that we're being railroaded and that there's, there's no sense at all of a, of a, a mainstream political opposition in, in, in Fianna Fáil or the Labour Party actually saying, well, hold on a minute here. We were elected by the Irish people in a supposedly new political environment to try to conduct some kind of genuine deliberation about what's in the best interest of this society. Because these are decisions which affect our place in the world over the next decade, two decades, three decades. These are really important things going on here. James? Yeah, look, I think there's two different discussions going on. Um, you know, I, I hear the points Finchon and others are making, um, you know, and, and, the, and their, their valid points about how do we uh, plan our, our budgetary strategy, how do we court foreign investment, how do we spend the proceeds of that, how do we manage our tax affairs. All absolutely legitimate, valid points, which which have been gone on since, since you know, time uh, eternal. But the issue here is a very specific issue. What we're talking about today around the table is about the specifics of the commission decision on the Apple tax base in 1971 and in 2007. You know, it... And the idea is like, take the money, you know, take the money and run. You know, it, it doesn't, it does, it's not as simple that. as that. Nobody is saying that. You're, you're, you're setting up a straw man and knocking okay, it down. That's okay, really okay. easy. Would you actually address the business of how we deliberate about this? Yeah. What's wrong with well, having a proper uh, public process what, what are we involving doing, the doll? What, what are we doing this morning? And I expect this to be uh, full, full tilt when we go back to the doll uh, in a couple of weeks. But this idea, I mean, you know, already there's lists being compiled, you know, all around the country of how the money could be spent. You know, it's two and a half thousand per head, I believe, if you do it. You know, if every man, woman, or child gets a piece. You know, this idea, I mean, if you were to win in a case in the circuit court, you do not begin to plan spending it, you know, before you get to the appeal in the high court. You know, let's see where this process goes. But whether no, but Ireland even, takes even an appeal or not for, is immaterial. Even, sorry, even if you have to wait for 10 years, I'm just quoting from Finton's right. uh, I read the article this yeah, morning and he yeah, says that yeah. some of that order could wipe out child poverty in Absolutely. Ireland in a decade and do a whole range of other yeah, things. Yeah, Extraordinary yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Of course it could. We'd all love to get 30, 13 billion on a plate. Of course we would have 17 billion or whatever it ends up being. Is there 13 billion or 17 billion on a plate here? I really don't think so. Um, and I think even if we were to play devil's advocate and go down the route that, that Finch perhaps advocates and we say, absolutely, we won't pee, we'll, we'll lie back, we'll, we'll take the cheque, put it in escrow, whatever we can put, or even put in the current account, let's get spending it. Even if you're to take that approach, I don't think that's going to work out because Apple are appealing anyway. Other member states, the door has been opened very clearly in that decision for other member states. You know, the, the, the appeal, I'm sorry, the decision is actually stating that across uh, the parameters of it, that it suggests many, many other member states had a claim to this, uh, this revenue or this taxation. The United States has already indicated that it's taxpayers and its citizens, it wouldn't be best served uh, staying out of this piece. So there are multiple claimants on that sum, if that sum exists, whatever that sum has arrived at in the end. 
So the idea that Ireland, by, by sitting back and sort of saying, you know something, we're not going to appeal, can suddenly become the beneficiaries of 13 or 17 billion, I think it's utterly simplistic. Um, I think it's not it's not the case. I think there are valid arguments about how we conduct ourselves as a society, you know, in terms of the, the age-old debates, but that's ignoring the specifics of this debate. But what is wrong? I mean, I really would like an answer to this. What is wrong with saying, we don't have to decide this this morning. This is a really important, serious issue facing our society. You're elected as a TD. And you have real responsibilities here. You're saying, well, the doll will meet in a couple of weeks after the decision has been taken to appeal by the government. You know, uh, I mean, this is, this is again, going back to this kind check. of is that, is that actually, of, is that, is that actually the case, Harry? Because with... I did notice, I heard Pascal Donoghue um, this morning saying, basically, as I understand it, saying that if there was time, if, if, if a little time for reflection was needed, but they, perhaps they have, that time but they might have be time. They have two months yeah. and 10 yeah. days of time. They, you, they have two months and 10 days since yesterday to launch an appeal. So Michael Noonan doesn't have to walk out in the plinth this afternoon. No, but he's doing this. That, that's political. It's political. He's responding in the way that, that because this, this goes to the core of what Fine Gael are about and he's responded in a political sense and they wanted to be out and early and get the retaliation first. To use the GAA parlance, they've set up the team defensively and they want to swarm what, what they, and they were ready to, to take on any offence that would come at them. So they've essentially swarmed to the defence. Now, I mean, the, the net point is, I think James is correct in terms of the take. I think the, the commission in its judgment yesterday said that other countries could have claimed some of it because they were looking at, at, at money that was generated by Apple on a global basis. But it's a weird kind of a judgment in that sense. Like, I, I'm not, no. I should say, by the way, that our, our colleagues in the business podcast will be going into the, the, the technical weeds of this in a little more, more depth sure, later in the sure, day. Sure. But it is a weird judgment that it's this estimated 13 billion against you know against Ireland um, and then possibly you know other you know other but, countries but, where, where the revenues were yeah. raised can come in and make a claim on See, that but, on not ba- yeah, on what well, basis well, it's not well, clear okay. how that would be calculated to me it's quite simple i mean ireland was the the the, the headquarters of this uh, subsidiary company um, uh, which I think was Apple Service International. Mm. And um, essentially, even though its its profits were generated elsewhere, what the Commission has decided that, that the, the profits generated elsewhere should be, they should have tax levied at 12.5%, which is a corporation tax over here. But it has also decided that because uh, the, the profits were generated elsewhere, that Ireland is entitled to get, isn't entitled to get them all because uh, tax should really be well, taxed. But, 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 but the logic of, of that is then that if five billion worth of iPhones is sold in France well, um, and, and that that revenue should be taxed, you know, if that tax revenue should go to the French government, well, surely it should go at the French corporation tax rate rather yeah, than the 12.5% Irish I, tax rate. I think, I think what we have to always remember is that this is a retrospective judgment yeah. about a, a regime that existed which no longer exists, right? So it sure. would no longer be possible to do this because that's exactly well that's that's certainly if if all the changes that are supposed to be coming in come in that's exactly what they're saying which is that that uh, you know where the economic activity exists that's where the taxation should be which i think is an absolutely proper principle however that regime did not apply in 1991 or 2007 which is mm-hmm. which is when we're talking about and there's a very strong case for saying that legally this company was this this non-existent company in, in effect, but it was headquartered in Ireland, and it was headquartered in Ireland precisely to manipulate the taxation system. Yeah, because it was zero point zero zero five percent. I mean, you can't get away from that figure. And if it was paying full, I'd say that the the zeros that that five that little five percent was probably the uh, income that was generated in Ireland. Just the Irish sales. Just, just the Irish sales, because yeah. it didn't yeah. seem to be generating tax anywhere else. Yes, indeed. No, the, the, so, tax, I mean, the tax was calculated. The, the commission the have come operation. up with a mechanism yeah. where, the, where where it can tax these guys, and it might be slightly convoluted, and it might seem a little bit um, um, strange, but it's it's a mechanism that says that you guys need to pay your fair share of tax so that you're not distorting the market and you're not giving yourself yourselves an anti-competitive edge. I mean, remember, and it was me, Apple I, who were saying this is where we're paying the tax. 
You know, uh, I mean, so so to say, well, you know, this is very unfair on Apple because they're, they're, they're it's designed in California and it's sold in, in France. I mean, it was Apple. It was the company itself which went to considerable uh, pains to establish a system in which it was supposedly taxed in Ireland. Although the, and it admitted as such in the congressional but hearings the, in the, the other fundamental point, like, I, mean, I can put this to you, James, is that you know, this case was taken on the basis, essentially, that preferential treatment was given to Apple and mm. that therefore it distorted competition mm. in the same way as just handing over cash in the form of state aid would, would have done. But, this, but, but, but the claim of the Irish state in, uh, during this case has been that no preferential treatment was given to Apple. Now, there seems to be a logical conclusion from that, which is that the mechanisms which were available to Apple and which it availed of may well have been available to other companies and then, you know, we can name them here, There's the Googles and the Facebooks and all the other people who've come in and they may have, may also have been availing of, of, of yeah, s- yeah. You know, some, some, something very similar. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, obviously none of us know uh, exactly what arrangements were, were, not, were not arrived at and they're confidential and the Revenue have made a statement on that. Um, I don't think Google and Facebook were here in the, at the time, you know, they're, they're, I suppose, more recent uh, arrivals to the shores. Apple were, I think, one of the first in 1980, I think, they came into Cork. Um, but I think, going back to the point, I, I think this is a bit of a Trojan horse. You know, the, the state aid vehicle has come in to become a, a taxation investigation into Ireland's tax affairs. Uh, and that's encroaching on the core competency of member states. Um, and I, I think there's a, it would be naive not to accept that there's a very political tenor behind this as well, because Ireland's tax rate um, has been under attack for some time across the EU. Uh, a very political commissioner has now come in with this finding. Uh, we are, as I said earlier, somewhat exposed post-Brexit, and we are in a very competitive landscape. Um, we've lost an ally in that front in one sense, uh, but we also have, have new competition opening up to... But there's another way sense. of looking at it, which is this, this is a huge growing international issue, which contributes mm. to inequality across the world and to really, you know, atrocious behaviour by the mo- by the most powerful companies in the world, and that Ireland has been at the centre of and has been complicit in in uh, helping and aiding and abetting mm. those companies to to. Evolve. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if that's true. Um, I suppose I don't know what arrangement the revenue may have arrived at, but they do say, and I take their word for it, that they, they have, there was no preferential treatment, and perhaps uh, arrangements were made for multiple companies which were uh, legal and above board and everything else. Um, but I say we, none of us know the details of those, um, but they have categorically denied any, any, anything untoward. Um, I think it is important, though, as well, the idea of certainty of law, you know, we talked about that. And the idea that, you know, if, if a sovereign nation passes laws, be the revenue laws or taxation laws or any other kind of law, that 30 years later, a, another kind of supranational body can come in and pick those and actually find against. That's a very, that's actually quite a worrying development for, for international law, for, you know, for, no, for sovereignty. We were members of, of the is. European Union in 1991. We were members of the European Union in 2007. And taxation was always included in EU competition law. We signed up to all of these things long before 1991. That, that, uh, that, uh, specific tax deals for specific companies were, were illegal state aid. We knew that. Now, you can argue about whether or not uh, it, it was. The European uh, Commission clearly takes the view that it was. But the Irish case, remember, on the appeal is very, very weak because what the Irish case is, is that this was available to all companies. Every single company in Ireland, multinational or not, right? every, every company that was paying corporation tax in Ireland, it was actually perfectly open to them to pay no tax at all on their global earnings. Um, you know, to pay 0.005%. And Apple happened to be the only company, there was only one company that spotted this golden yeah. opportunity. I, I think and hold on, hold on. Let, let, let's just, let's just, let's just t- tease out the absurdity of this, right? There's a vast industry in, in Dublin of very, very smart, very highly paid bankers, lawyers, accountants, consultants. Who, Software who, developers, who, engineers. Who, 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 no, hold on, techies. hold on, hold on. Who who specialise in minimising the tax bills of of multinational corporations. We are being asked to believe, and it is the Irish state case, 
but none of these people ever realized, oh my God, you know, there was this actually pretty simple mechanism, it's pretty crude mechanism, you know, it's, it's not like it's something incredibly complex. I mean, it's simply splitting this company, setting up a company, splitting it, paying some Irish tax on your Irish earnings and then paying nothing on the rest. That not one of them ever, ever noticed it was available to everybody else. So the case that this wasn't a sweet deal for Apple is actually pretty weak when you look at it in practical terms. Yeah, the Commission actually makes a reference to that and it's finally just saying that, that it wasn't an isolated incident. And of course, there were numerous other cases because they were the pe- pe- people were well aware of of this this convoluted mechanism so, so that allowed them to reduce so, their so, tax liability so to, to zero. And actually, just, that, I, well, just want to go back okay. to what James is saying about an attack on Ireland's. It's not an attack on Ireland's corporation tax rate because if Apple had complied hmm. with Ireland's corporation tax rate, there wouldn't wouldn't have been any problem yeah. in the first instance. Twelve and a half percent is not under attack. This is a crucial point to make yeah. here. The point is, and you see, this is it really brings it down to a contradiction that we've been living with for the last thirty years, which is we say, and by the way, all the multinational companies say that twelve and a half percent is a great rate. It's extremely attractive. It's one of the reasons we're in Ireland. It's fantastic. It's a low tax rate and it's very predictable. We know exactly what we have to pay. And then they undermine the 12.5% and they don't pay it. They pay 1%, 2% or 0.05%. The challenge for us now, if we're really serious about our international reputation and about defending our 12.5%, you know, if we see this as a vital national interest, what we have to turn around and say is the 12.5% is both a maximum rate and a minimum rate. It's Mm. what you pay. Mm. This is our corporation tax rate. It is predictable for you. It's low. Every, the IDA, everybody else says this is a fantastic rate. So and if it, it is, it, what's it, wrong with paying it, it? It's fair play in the same way that a PAYE worker will yeah. know exactly what he or she is going to pay. I, su- I suppose the question I, want, I wonder about, James, is, I mean, you can walk five minutes down the road here and you come to massive headquarters of Google, of Facebook and Airbnb and a rake of other internationally renowned companies and they've all chosen to set up uh, in Dublin for whatever reason. As you say, we don't have sight of their entire taxation arrangements. Mm. The kind of public face of all this has always been it's a combination of our attractive 12.5% corporate tax rate plus our educated English language speaking workforce etc etc our business friendly environment but is there something else under the surface that has been that has been hidden from us well not that I'm aware of yeah Hugh obviously I don't know I'm, I'm six months in the law never mind 30 years in government um, so I, I can't I suppose look at I, I don't think so um, but I mean look I remember doing the milk round myself you know 15 years ago coming out of college and um, there were the arguments being put forward there were much national were beginning to come in I graduated uh, in the early noughties uh, from Trinity and there were people coming into our doorstep all the time uh, all those much nationals you mentioned and it was we're, looking, we've, we're English speaking we're in the Eurozone we're in the EU uh, we've highly skilled graduates uh, we're, we're, we have good relationships both sides of the Atlantic um, so you know obviously there's a lot of we've lacked going for us and the corporation tax um, environment is, is a slap bang in the middle of that and of course there's strength in numbers when one company co-locates uh, others co- come in beside it uh, and things like airport links and, and, and you know uh, co-location are, are attractive as well uh, and that's something we've built our strength around and that's something I mean I was two nights ago I was in a discussion with a number of um, young people actually our students looking at how can we increase our STEM scores in terms of people coming out, uh, going to the right courses. Uh, and one young man was telling me that he has he's very interested in computer science, probably don't get the points for a particular course because the people going into that course sees an avenue to a good career, even though they may not be particularly techy. So how do we redesign our, our, our kind of scoring mechanisms to get the right people in the right jobs and increase our number of STEM graduates? Because these are the kind of jobs we want to continue to attract uh, and have attracted successfully to date. But I, I mean, I, I, I absolutely think that, that you know, that would be expe- accepted. But I do wonder... More broadly, in relation to this, and it doesn't just apply to the tax sector; it also applies to pharmaceuticals. And I think you, you mm. mean you were saying earlier that you know that you know that taxes should be raised at the point where the where the revenues happen. Yeah. There is there's a certain amount of evidence that that's not always the case with the multinationals which are based in Ireland, and not not just in the in the in the, in the tech sector. But 
Fintan, Pat Lee has a piece today and he talks about the two primary planks of, of Irish domestic and international policy of the last two generations since the early 1970s have been on the one hand uh, maximising our relationships with the European Union and integration with the European Union and on the other hand having the most positive possible relationship with largely US-based multinational corporations and that this may become, be becoming a bit tricky now because those two entities are, are increasingly in conflict. And this is exactly why we need a much broader deliberation process around this whole idea of whether or not we, we, we appeal this ruling because it doesn't just affect the $17 billion or the, the, the immediate issue. I mean, this goes right to the heart of what is our place in the world. So does that break the TK Whitaker sean Lamas model? Then? Yes, it does. Well, it, it, it challenges it in a, in a really fundamental way because uh, uh, I, th- I think Pat's piece this morning is absolutely right about this, that, that we've, we've, we've kind of earned our keep by being part of both worlds, right? So we're, so we're, we're both a kind of platform for American inward investment and therefore very, very close to the United States and to the, to the, to the American-based multinational corporations, and we're members of the law-bound European Union. And we've managed that very well, by and large, you know, w- with all its contradictions. Uh, and now... Constructive ambiguity has always been a part yeah, of that. Yeah, and now we're, no. that's not going to be possible anymore. It's not going to be possible anymore for, for really good underlying reasons, right? When we started out on this, if you go back to the Whitaker-Lamas model, there were two big things that were on our side, right? One is we were so small. The, the scale of the Irish economy was so small in relation to all this. Nobody really gave, gave a damn that we were allowing some multinational corporations to get away with a with, with bit of dodgy behaviour. Uh, and we were also, we had a kind of moral case. We could say, look, we're, we're so underdeveloped that, you know, we, we, re- we need to do something, folks. You know, we're, we're really poor. We've mass emigration. We can't manage our economy. Uh, give us a break. Right? And actually, those two arguments for a long time were pretty good because we were, we were pretty underdeveloped and we were small. So it didn't really matter. What happened and what changed and what we have to take account of is that this kind of model, which was developed for a very small, underdeveloped economy, has now become usable by the biggest corporations in the world, by, by you know, pretty much, if you look at the top 20 global corporations, I mean, most of them you will, you will find are using Ireland as, as a tax base. And so, therefore, the effect on the rest of the world is not like it was in 1965 or 1975 or 1985, or even in 1991 when, when this first Apple, Apple deal was done. You know, Apple was still a relatively small corporation, even back then, compared to what it is now. So the scale has changed, and the global consequences of what we do have become unsustainable. And this is why we really, you know, we really need to use this as a moment of proper deliberation. I think it is outrageous that the doll is saying, well, we'll come back in three weeks after we've made a decision on this and, and then complain about it. Uh, I mean, this is really a moment when we need a democracy at work, which is thinking about what is our place in the world? Where are we going? Because it's been obvious. I've been arguing for the last two or three years in, in the paper, you know, that this model is unsustainable for all of these reasons. This has been coming a long time. It's been obvious to anybody who looks at it that the global pressure for... Uh, tax justice is 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 unstoppable, and it's unstoppable because the consequences of the immorality of what these corporations are allowed to do are becoming catastrophic. I mean, political systems, our democracy itself, is at risk. I mean, it's not accidental that you're seeing things like Brexit or Trump or you know the National Front in France. You're seeing these kind of enormous challenges to basic democratic assumptions. Why? Because you you have this 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 increasing inequality, which is very largely driven by 
differential taxation by the fact that the ordinary poor Joe pays very, very, very heavy taxation rates and plus, the corporations plus, are getting a, plus a kind of, and you referred to this at the start, plus a kind of a there is no alternative kind yeah. of a you know yeah. establishment approach. And let me ask you about that, Harry, because the other thing that Pat mentioned was that the way that is politically expressed in the current Dáil, for example, is that about two thirds of the of the TDs representing Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael, Labour, and a certain number of independent TDs as well, essentially go along with that there is no alternative on this issue. And then there's about thirty percent Sinn Féin, left wing left wing independents, and so on. Who, who are against it. And in a way, that's reflective of the new political divide. Yeah, right, they'll, they'll quibble with each other and they'll ca- cavil and they'll, they'll row. But when it comes to the fundamentals, and this would be a fundamental, they'll, they'll um, all um, congregate. We Is fundamental yesterday. another word for what Finton calls groupthink? Well, it's 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 their well, it's their core. It's what it's what they stand for. I mean, I could you can describe it as groupthink because they all think the same. But I mean, they, that that would be oh, where they, they're all centrist party, and this would be at the core of what they are and what they they stand for. And you'll find that at moments like this, you'll find that they'll all pull on whatever jersey, uh, whatever groupthink jersey is required. In this case, they'd all think that they're pulling pulling on the green jersey. Yeah. Now, it does. No, not, not a metaphor with a great history, that. No, no, um, no. If you go back to 2008. Hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's perhaps a restoking. Uh, I was quite interested to hear what Finton was saying there. It's a restoking of the, the Boston versus uh, Berlin uh, debate that was first brought up by Mary Harney. But I think what Ireland was trying to do was it was trying to be Boston and uh, Berlin, yes. trying to ride both horses K- home. K- K- and perhaps yep. perhaps yep. that is unsustainable anymore. For me, the key question is, what attracted Apple to Ireland in 1991? Was it a 12.5% corporation tax or the equivalent then? It was a little bit higher then. Was it an English-speaking workforce? Uh, was it a, a highly educated population? Or was it the fact that the Irish tax structure at the time was structured in such a way that it could pay effectively next to zero on its global earnings? And I think that's a very, very important and fundamental question that needs to be scrutinised. The question we don't know an answer to. Is Sinn Féin not right, James, then, in asking, calling for a public inquiry into this? Well, I think the, the EC courts are probably uh, going to have an inquiry over the next 10 years. Um, so I think the courts, are, that, that's one... So we should leave that. it to them? We shouldn't, we should, you know, our, our political well, systems shouldn't, should, shouldn't address this very important issue? Well, look, at, I, I don't know what's going to... I'm not going to preempt what was decided in, in, in the opening weeks of the New Deal. Um, but just come back to some of the points made around, you know, that there's no alternative, you know, that there's parties of the centre and parties of the left, etc. Um you know, I, again, I think we're getting away from the point. We can absolutely, and I would welcome a debate, and I'm sure as we approach the budget, you know, this year and, and the next couple of years, we have that debate every year about how do we set our stall, how do we put in place our taxation regime, how do we engage with, with multinationals and, and the rest of it. But we're looking at a very specific decision here. You know, that's what I keep coming back to. It's almost immaterial. Whether we appeal or not, it's going to be appealed anyway. So the facts of this decision, whether Michael Noonan walks out today and says yes or no, it doesn't... The decision is going to be appealed. Apple are going to appeal it. It's going to go. Before so what is Fianna Fáil's view? Should, we, should, should the state attach itself to this appeal? I think we probably should. Yeah, my own personal view, I, th- I think we probably should. Uh, I think look, it's going to happen anyway. We, we might as well be in there having a say in the process. Uh, we are certainly a party to the decision. Um, so we certainly should have, have a view and should be represented in that process. Um, but as I say, whether but it's we, different to be represented in the process and to actually mount an appeal. Well, I think in terms of how we actually... The whether, Irish whether state presumably Curie will be involved in the appeal anyway. I would presume so. Exactly. Abs- absolutely, yeah, I think so. Would but you not, not like as a TD to be consulted about this? Do you, would you not think that given the fact that you are a new TD, you're coming in with new politics, that it, it, this might be a time for some kind of national reflection yeah. on, on where we go with Personally, this. I mean, to say Apple's going to do it anyway, I mean, yeah. it's such a, 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 an abrogation of responsibility. No, it's not an abrogation. What matters to Ireland is 
are we or are we not going to stand up in front of the world and defend a 0.05 corporation tax rate? That, that is the actual question that we, we face now. This is, you know, we're, we're, we're presenting ourselves to the world and saying we are the place in which not only can you pay 0.005%, but the state, when you do that, the state from which you are not paying those taxes yeah. will spend a lot of public money to defend to the death your right to do it and will we'll mark this down as a way in which we want the world to see us. This is a really important yeah. question. Again, I think and it's a massive I, 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 I just think for the Doyle, for you as a TD, for Fianna Fáil as, as the main opposition party, to say, actually, it's going to happen anyway, uh, you know, I mean, it's, even, it's actually worse than groupthink. It's an abrogation yeah, of basic yeah. democratic Look, I don't accept any of that. I think that's that's a gross Yeah, but you haven't argued against that. You haven't said well, why. Well, for the last why, half hour, Sorry, but no, you, 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 you haven't asked the question as to why you, you, you don't think it's a good idea for us to have a public deliberation process with expertise. I have no difficulty with the public deliberation process. Before, but I believe before we decide. Democracy, before, and I believe in the yes, supremacy of power. Democracy. And I believe yeah, in the cabinet exactly. making decisions. And that's the that's the environment that we're all see. in. Well, that's, that's very so interesting. That's very interesting. As constitutional parliamentarians, that is how we operate. And that is the reality of it. So what you do is you rubber stamp decisions that are made by cabinet. That's exactly... No, you vote for them or against them according to your position. And, uh, that's exactly what's got us into the situation whereby we had we had a collapse in our sovereignty, a collapse in our no, budget system. Like, Sorry, uh, I don't know if you're, There's this kind of group think that the, the cabinet decides and then the doll... So that's stamps. not group think, that's the foundation of every democracy. Uh, no, it is not. No, it's, it's supposed to be a democracy. parliamentary democracy. You, you should read the constitution. It actually says that the, the parliament well. is meant to hold the government to account. And we were told... And it's obviously bullshit, but, but we, were, we were told that we were in a new, we were in new politics yeah. whereby there was an open deliberative process and whereby key decisions would be made in an open way with all of the evidence on the table, with, 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 with transparency and with, with public to, deliberation. To be fair, Fintan, is it, you know, is a decision by a government to, to, to pursue a legal case in a certain instance, that can certainly be ventilated in the Nadal, and I'm sure absolutely, it will be ventilated absolutely. in the Nadal, and but perhaps there is an argument. In, 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 but is it actually yeah, something that needs to be deliberated on and agreed by the Nadal? Yes, well, you know? because it's not just pursuing a legal case and e nobody thinks it's just pursuing a legal case Every, everybody knows and I think James would completely agree with this everybody agrees with this this is a key moment in our in our modern democratic history whereby a model that we've had since 1958 is 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 is, is really being challenged and, and threatened in, in very fundamental ways whereby our whole sense of ourselves as a democracy of, of how, how we respond to these issues is, is, is up for grabs and if we can't respond to this democratically then we're basically saying our democracy is just well whatever the government decides that's it yeah, I mean, yeah. because they thought it's in recess that the Parliament has no opportunity to, um, to to actually debate the issue. But there is no rush. There is no rush. There's oh. two months and ten days. Or else Michael is, Fitzmaurice is there, is there suggested that... Because it seems to me a lot of the consciousness of about there this is, is this green the jersey stuff. As I said at the outset, the, the front pages of the Wall Street were, Journal, they, all this look, kind of bad news they for Ireland. Briefing, they they were very thing. well prepared for this mm. and they came out fighting yesterday. Michael Noonan gave as robust a performance yesterday as I've seen him give for three or four years you know, and you could see that he had the bit between his teeth and he had the old kind of West Limerick expressions by you can't go out and eat the seed potatoes and all of that. So this was a defence that was very well prepared. So the government did come out fighting. The, dif the, the, the difficulty Does that mean they is... they want to get the cabinet agreement on it as they, soon as they, possible they, and just They, they want to send a shelf. message to the world and importantly to, to, to foreign multinationals that Ireland is prepared to, to stand by, by their side any time the European Commission challenges them. The difficulty with that is that there is a missing part and the missing part, as Fintan has pointed out, is that there's no parliamentary accountability. And I think parliamentary accountability for something so fundamental is something that should be a, a prerequisite. And the government have two um, uh, options now, as I see it. First of all, they can recall the doll. And Michael Fitzmaurice, independent TD, uh, suggested that this morning for a specific debate on this. And Or secondly, they can just cool their heels a little bit 
and wait until the doyle comes back in late September, have a debate on it, and then allow the cabinet. And given to go the ahead disposition of the government over the last twenty four hours, do you think they're going to do that? No. But that's what I think should happen, but I don't think it's going to happen, to be quite frank. And, you know, uh, the consequences of this are really very, very serious because what we're saying is that we are putting we're all our seed potatoes into the one basket. We're saying that the model which has operated since 1958, we still believe that it is unchanged. We simply have to keep doing the same things and everything will be OK. And this is real ostrich stuff. I mean, this is really failing to understand. And one of the things I agree James with James about the fact is that, that, that you know, that actually, is, you know, because they saw this coming, that you know, the double Irish was, you know, they didn't was see the thirteen billion around. coming. They didn't see the thirteen billion yeah. coming, but the double yeah. Irish was being wound down. Yeah. Yeah. The patent box was yeah. being yeah. set up. That's passed, you know, absolutely. Search, and therefore, you know, health, health what, tests. And what stuff. would be wrong with the government coming out and saying, "Look, this is a past issue. We have changed. Uh, th- this was about the regime we had then. We regret the fact that this regime." ended up with one of the world's richest corporations paying 0.05%. We don't stand over that. We, 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 you know, we, we think morally... When Michael comes out and says this is nothing to do with morality, I mean, come on. You know, is that really what, what we want to be saying to the rest of the world? That we are a, an amoral state? Now, that's, this is really what we are saying. Right? We, we're an amoral state. We don't really care what the consequences for the rest of the world about how we behave might be. You cannot survive in the modern world on that basis. That things things are changing. Things are changing really quite, quite fundamentally. They're changing in the United States. They're changing in Europe. And we have to get much smarter about how we attract foreign, foreign direct investment, what it is that we're selling, and what kind of social responsibility we put around that. James? Yeah, look, I think I think if we don't appeal, the corollary of what Vincent is saying, and I, I, I don't disagree with everything he says, um, but the corollary of what he's saying there is if we that if we appeal, we're saying we're, sorry, an immoral state or whatever the phrase was. If we don't appeal, we're, fun, we're basically saying we have been involved in illegal state aid for 30 years. That's not something any Irish government can stand over. That's something that the Irish government Perish the thought and the that any, any Irish government rejects. would ever have been involved in anything illegal in 1991. You know? right. I mean, there's a laughable side to this. I'm sorry, but you know, that we're, we're, we're going to appeal basically because our feelings are hurt. That's not fair, my, to, say, to say that you don't accept the finding illegality be, against you. You have a right to appeal, as do I. But the way it's being portrayed is that how dare anybody suggest that the the Irish state it's, could it's, never have been engaged in okay. anything that, it's, that, it's was, that was illegal. You know, you no, I mean, come on, law, you know, look, look at the history of, of modern Ireland, look at the history of, of so the we'll, Irish state we'll, over we'll Let James respond to that. Yeah, well, look, I mean, Fenton is, is emoting on a lot of these issues. Um, there, you appeal in a point of law, you know, so the, there is a point of law, there's a finding of fact against the, by the Commission against the Irish state at present that it was involved in what they consider to be legal state aid. Now, the Irish state rejects that, and I think they're correct in doing so. There's a point of principle, there's a point of law. There are many cases taken to the Supreme Court on a point of law, regardless of what payment may or may not arise from it. And that is, again, the position here. Um, so I think we cannot just roll back and say, oh, yeah, do you know something, lads? We, we were up to no good, and, and that's the way it was. You know, that's not the case. Oh, that's no, not the government position. The final judgment uh, finds that, which is, there has to be a pretty, pretty it, it, good well, well, Let's see what the yeah. courts unravel like, over the next Nobody number is disputing of years. the fact that Apple was paying 00 5%. Yeah, but again, 60%. Do we, do we really and think then, 60% of Apple revenue is generated in Ireland? Because I don't think No, that. Do nobody think that? thinks that. And therefore, the, the, so the it, consequence... Why is it unique to Ireland's problem? Why is it global because issue being we, Because we, our government, because we're our state, the storm between set Ireland, up, Europe and America, we, and we're cutting and the storm. To answer your question, why is it our problem? Because we set up and facilitated precisely this arrangement. You know, the idea that we can sort of uh, wash our hands of it and say, oh, well, it was Apple. We didn't know. We knew. To do so and and we, knew, we knew specifically because there were two specific deals done. I mean, the whole point about the 1991 and This all emanates from a congressional hearing several years yeah. ago, which yeah. Apple itself admitted that it had done a deal, deal with the Irish authorities that gave it an effective global tax rate of 2% on non-American 
uh, earnings. And that's what actually triggered the, the actual investigation. Mm. And We're no matter which way you look at it, morally uh, or, or legally... Also in the middle of this, and they're also going to appeal their cases, I understand. So, you know, again, we're not the only, you know, we're, yeah. we're not the only kid in the class. But, you know, but I mean, there, there is a question. I mean, did Apple, was Apple attracted to Ireland by the fact that our tax structure at the time had a, ha, um, could be manipulated in such a way that you paid almost zero percent tax on your global earnings. I think that's a very key question. What about, yeah. what about the point, Harry, the, the, the Sinn Féin proposal for a public inquiry? Obviously, there's a legal process happening in, in, in Europe, which will, which will go on for years. But those sorts of questions are questions that, that you know, are questions for... for, for I, I, I think it needs to be scrutinised. I mean, the government have been resorting to this kind of reforms that have been taking place at the at OECD level, but they've only been taking place in 2000, since 2014. And, uh, you know, they, the defence before that has been either a Pavlovian defence kind of coming out and thundering against Is people... There'd be a lot of very powerful vested interests who would not be keen to see light shone into the various taxation arrangements of this country in the last quarter. But of I mean, century. It, it depends on the nature of society you have. I mean, I, I think that we shouldn't. I mean, it's he who pays the piper calls the tune. But we shouldn't. We shouldn't follow that to the end degree because that means that 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 you, morally you have nothing left. We've seen, we've, seen, we've seen what's happening with the City of London in terms of other uh, countries offering incentives for, for big banks and global corporations to move there. And they're saying, oh, no tax and we'll give you this incentive and that incentive. And to me, I think that that, that is, uh, abandons any sense of, of societal uh, morality. I mean, we as tax... I'm a PAYE taxpayer and I, I pay full tax and everything. I, I'm, I, I know what tax I pay. It's transparent. Uh, there's no clause that allows me to pay 0.005%. And I don't mind paying it. But I, I, for that, I demand that there be a sense of, of, of fair play. And most other citizens do. We don't mind paying our taxes as long as it's a level playing field and everybody else is paying the tax. And this is the, this, this is the, the fundamental question of fairness. And the government came out yesterday and spun a particular line. But I think they, they had difficulty in doing that because when people looked at it, they read, number one, 13 billion euro, which is a huge sum. It's, it's the amount of money that we spend uh, for the health service for an entire year. And also the second sum that we've referred to here was 0.005% of, of, of an effective tax rate. And I think people were outraged by that because it offends against their, their, their notion of a society that is equal or their sense of fair play. And I, I, I think that politically it's going to cause a, a difficulty for the government. And the government is going to have to deal with that rather than come out with this strategy of, you know, denial, bluster, bluster and provocation. Well, we shall see what the government does over the next while. We do have to leave it there. Thanks very much to James Finton and to Harry for joining us today. And that's it for this edition of Inside Politics. Thanks to our producer, Declan Conlon, and engineer, JJ Vernon. Remember, if you want to contact me, you can get me at hlinehan at irishtimes.com or find me on Twitter at hlinehan. And if you're listening on iTunes, do take a moment to rate uh, the show. It always helps. Thanks very much. Until the next time, goodbye and thanks indeed for listening.